Teaching Abroad Pod with James Davis. Hello, listener. Thank you so much for joining us on the Teaching Abroad Pod coming at you on November 3rd. I am your host, James Davis, and with me this week will be co-host Rowan Lomas from the Oxford Seminars Job Placement Service. And with that, welcome to episode 15-1-5 of the Teaching Abroad Pod. Uh, how are you doing, Rowan? I'm doing excellent. James, how's things with you? Excellent. Um, last time I spoke to you, you had only watched one episode, maybe two, of Squid Game. I finished the whole first season. Once I got into it, I, I couldn't really stop. It is super engaging with all the uh, you know, relationships that are developing. Some of them, I mean, I don't want to give any spoiler alerts here. Some very close relationships, perhaps, that might have you questioning your whole outlook on life. So good. Yeah, I mean, what was your, did anything surprise you? Or were you kind of like, yeah, I kind of figured that about front man. I, that should have been more obvious. That should have been more obvious. I didn't, I, I watched it, I feel like, like a child. I just let, I let it wash <laughs> over me. I was a bit more surprised by the finale, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it was fantastic. Well, I'm looking forward to season two and uh, where things go from there. Who may be back, who may not be back. Yes. Beyond Squid Game, what's going on in the world? Well, we did receive some really good news from one of our contacts in Thailand who pointed out that uh, as of November 1st, uh, travelers, fully vaccinated travelers from select 10 countries will no longer require the 14 days of quarantine upon arrival in Thailand, the United States and Canada being two of those 10 countries. So that's great news. People wanting to get over to Thailand for the second term starts in November, December, and uh, Alex actually put together a really good video sort of getting into more detail on on how this is going to work. Anyone wants to check out the Oxford Seminars YouTube channel, one of our recently released videos entitled uh, Teaching ESL in Thailand During the Pandemic. That'd be a good one to to get a, a full update on what's going on in Thailand these days. Very nice. And there is more Thailand content, I think, coming up too um, on the Oxford Seminars blog page, oxfordseminars.com forward slash blog from our colleague Kat. Yeah, Kat uh, put together a really great blog about this gigantic market in Bangkok where they visited and it's really well put together. You kind of feel like you yourself are meandering through the stalls, a lot of great pictures and kind of what you can expect to find there. So thanks to Kat for that. And speaking of desirable destinations, uh, we're going to be talking with Hayley Kellum today. She's been teaching in South Korea. Uh, We've spoken to her in the past, a few episodes ago, and she recently visited the tropical island of Jeju. So she's going to tell us all about that, what she's been up to, and uh, her cafe recommendations. She's probably been to the most different cafes of anyone I've ever known. You're on Instagram. Definitely check out uh, Haley at Ivy Day. Some of the pictures of these cafes are just mind-blowing. How did they get that person up so high in the air or like i don't know some some neat shots for sure speaking of neat things here is a word from our sponsor with oxford seminars starting your new career teaching esl couldn't be easier oxford seminars has trained more than seventy thousand teachers over the past 20 years and you could be next their comprehensive 120 hour program starts with live instruction from an experienced esl teacher followed by convenient online modules If your goal is to relocate overseas or even teach from the comfort of your own home, Oxford Seminars' renowned lifetime job placement service will get you where you want to be. 
call 1-800-779-1779 by November 5th and give the code POD113 to get $50 off your Oxford Seminars TESOL course price when paying in full. If you're too late, don't worry. There'll be another code in the next episode. Now back to the show. Hello, we are now once again joined by Haley Kellum. Since completing the Oxford Seminars course in 2017, Haley has taught in Beijing and is currently teaching in Seoul. She has traveled extensively throughout Europe and has now added Jeju Island to her travel list. You can see her adventures on Instagram at Ivy underscore day, that's D-A-E, and Ivy Day on YouTube. Haley, it's so great to have you back. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Haley, what have you been up to since we last spoke? Well, as, as you know, like I did do a lot of traveling since the last time we talked. Yeah, like before I couldn't really travel that much. Um, and I didn't have any time. And then finally summer vacation came around. So uh, I thought it would be my last time to really like travel with my roommate. So yeah. I've been doing a lot of traveling with her lately. I see you've since made it to Jeju Island, which you said you were looking forward to seeing last time we spoke. So what were your highlights? Um, oh God, what wasn't a highlight? What wasn't like a good part? I don't, um, I spent like the entire week in Jeju and I did five days in the like beach city, like Sogwipo area. Yeah, it's a very beachy. There's like a lot of surfing and stuff there. I didn't go surfing though. I really wanted to, but I didn't go. And so there was a lot of waterfalls to see and like a lot of hiking. Like I really liked that part, but I'm not really the hiking type of person. So I actually preferred the like leisure, like relaxing fancy cafe style of um, that's my kind of vacation, I guess. So um, I really enjoyed the Awol area of Jeju, which not many people go to. Uh, even a lot of my Korean friends, they haven't traveled to that area. Yeah, but I really like that one, that, that area. I saw you did have some advice for people that were going to try and tackle Halasan, in case anyone's making that trek anytime soon. Yeah, well, I'm just going to take a guess and say that anyone who's actually attempting that hike is probably better at hiking than I am and knows a lot more than I do. For one thing is like I was driving in Jeju. I got a, a driver's license in Korea just for Jeju. Driving around Jeju, like I didn't think that there would be like a rush for time. So I was very laid back and like oh I can wake up whenever I want and get to the mountain whenever I need to like I didn't think I needed to be there by any certain time however I was wrong so they have a like cutoff time you have to get to a certain checkpoint before a certain time uh the time for me was 1 p.m and it, I guess it was like I was very confused about how long it would take to get there I asked one of my friends and she said that she did one trail and it took her four and a half hours round trip so I thought I could hike the entire mountain in four and a half hours and I think it takes like nine hours or something yeah so I I hiked for about two hours and me and my roommate were hating ourselves we didn't make it to the checkpoint so yeah the gates were closed and we couldn't continue it was even like it was two and a half more kilometers past the checkpoint to the top anyways my advice is if you decide to hike the mountain definitely show up very early don't don't think you have a lot of time to mess around <laughs> Thank you. Anyone who's going there, keep that in mind. It's really not fun to do all the work and not even get to see it. Like, not even get to go to the top and see anything. Like, oh gosh, I was so miserable. It was so bad because I don't, I'm, like I said, I'm not the hiking type of person. I didn't even wear the right shoes. So, there we go. 
Good to know. <laughs> I feel like that's a rite of passage. Uh, have you even taught in Korea if you haven't been absolutely miserable on a hike somewhere? So, you know, uh, Jeju is slightly different to the rest of Korea. It, you know, it's a little bit more tropical. Um, did you have any culinary experiences, any nice food? So you mentioned some, some Jeju cafes. What was that side of Jeju like? Well, pretty much most of the cafes are either like inland and very foresty and like nature or like on the coast. So you have like beach views everywhere. Really like I really just enjoy the scenery and the views. For culinary experiences, unfortunately, I have like a very hard diet restriction, I guess. Like I can't eat gluten. It's really hard to like find foods that I can eat. So usually when I go to cafes, I'm only just drinking coffee. I never can try any of the pastries or the desserts. But I did have, since it's Jeju, it's an island and seafood is very like common. So I did try sushi and um, some seafood dishes. I love seafood, so I really like it. But a lot of people don't realize that coming from America and when you order fish, fish usually comes like, I don't know, it's like just a filet of fish. And, and here it comes like the whole fish straight out of the ocean on the plate. And so you have to pick out all the bones and things. And that's not something I was expecting when I first came to Korea. Like maybe some of my foreign friends would say like they don't like seafood really anymore because they have to pick all the bones out of the fish and stuff. But I personally don't mind. I've got quite good at it now. So It's like learning to eat with chopsticks for the first time. I don't know if you had lots of practice that before you went to Asia, but I remember focusing for like a week before I went to Korea. I have to learn. I can't be made to look a fool with chopsticks. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know. I can't remember if I if I did like think about it or practice or I don't know. I do know that I was very determined to learn how to use chopsticks with both hands because my like one hand will get so tired. I just like get like cramps and then I just can't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. So I had to teach myself how to do it with the other hands. You're ambidextrous now. Yeah, which is like I can't like I can't write with both hands but I had to had to do that though just out of curiosity if I remember correctly Jeju was very proud of their oranges or something did you get to experience anything orange related oh my gosh yes I I actually was like obsessed with orange when I went there so I I bought like everything that was orange <laughs> I bought everything that was orange except the orange but uh -huh. I did <laughs> get I did get um when I was there I went to one of the like they have a million gardens there spirited garden yes spirited garden and the owner of the garden was there and he was getting all of the visitors to sign like a visitor book and when you sign the book he would give you like a orange did you orange so that was the only orange in jeju that i had but it was nice sounds like a beautiful spot yeah i have a lot of photos because um like i said i was there for a week and then also jeju is really not that big and you could go so many to so many places in such little time yeah that was so good we did so much and have you done any other traveling in the country or even on the continent in general since we last saw you Actually, I did go to Jeju again. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah, because I really, I liked it, you know, so much. And when I was there, like, I made friends with some people. And then, like, I wanted to go back and see those people again. So, yeah. And I took some of my coworkers with me this time. Yeah, it's just so different. It's It feels definitely like, even though I, it's not leaving the country, it does kind of feel like leaving the country. But I am, I am planning to go somewhere next weekend, though. I'm going to go to Jeonju. Oh, nice. The home yes. of the bimbap. Yeah, yeah. I want to do like a stay in the Hanok village and like rent the hanbok and 
I used to live 20 minutes away from Jeonju. It's, oh, it's really? A, yeah, it's a wonderful city. It's really, really good. You can't go wrong if you're in that Hanok Village area. Most of the good stuff is kind of in and around that. So you'll love it. It's a, it's a great city. Um, so you've been to um, Jeju twice now. Uh, I had a friend who left the mainland and went to go teach on Jeju. Would you ever consider that or are you still in love with the city? Uh, it's really funny that you asked that because after my second trip, I was literally looking up schools in Jeju. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but I really don't know. I don't know if I could like give up my, I'm such a city person. Uh, I don't know. Gosh, I really, I can't even decide, but I have until February to figure it out. So... <laughs> But it's definitely something you've thought about anyway. It's it's yeah. been it's that wonderful place. Yeah, it really is. I, I really don't even know what to say, but it is, it's so different than Seoul. I mean, because I, I didn't stay in Jeju City. I don't know what kind of city it is, really. Um, yeah. but yeah, just like living the island kind of life, everything is very relaxed and like chill and nice. And then I don't know, coming here and everything's very busy and you know, just there's something going on at all times. But I kind of like that. So I think if like I was in one place for too long, that was too relaxed. Maybe I'd get bored. I don't know. I, I really don't know. I like where I am. So it's really hard to give that up. <laughs> like my my one piece of advice that I would say, um, a lot of my like friends have told me that when they travel to Jeju and they take like buses or taxis, I guess it's like very hard. So what I wish I knew back then, I wish I would have got a driver's license like right then and there. Um, because as it turns out, um, if you live in Korea for over a year, you can't get an international driver's license. It's only for like people who are staying a shorter amount of time or like a international driver's permit or something. So I actually had to get a Korean driver's license. And like I had mentioned, I, I had got that only to go to Jeju. Then I found out that you can't actually rent a car unless you have your license for over a year. So I had spent all this money to get this license like expedited all basically to find out that I couldn't use it. But anyways, when I went to Jeju, I went to like, I just said, I'm determined. So I went to every single place like down the road until someone rented a car to me. So it worked, but save yourself the time and the, the effort and the stress that it caused. <laughs> and just like, maybe if that's something, if you're considering staying for a long time, then it would be really nice to have a car because there were many times beforehand, like all the trips I thought about before where I was stranded and couldn't get a taxi, uh, a car would have been nice. So that's what I love about Korea. There's always a way. There's always a way yeah. to get it done. Yeah. There are rules, but not really. Yeah, um. <laughs> that is the thing though. Cause like, that's what I've come to find out because like when I was trying to find a agency that would rent a car to me, a lot of my Korean workers were just like, no, it's not going to work because you, you like haven't had your license and this and that. And I'm like, no, just try, just try. And like when we were going back the second time and eventually it did work. So actually I haven't been turned down yet. We're, we're good for now. <laughs> One thing I've been noticing, um, some of my, my friends who are still in Korea. Some of them have managed to now get vaccinated, which is great. As people are getting vaccinated, have things started to change? Uh, have you felt a difference in things opening up in Korea? Um, yeah, so um, luckily, I was fortunately able to get vaccinated um, because I'm a teacher working and I think like Korea really made it uh, like priority for teachers to get vaccinated. Yeah, as far as everything opening up, I think like, I think Korea is still waiting for a certain percentage of 
people to be vaccinated before they really want to open up, but they have said that by the end of October, they want to just be like living with COVID. Everything's open and we're just going to deal with whatever happens, I guess, which is kind of exciting and kind of terrifying at the same time. I don't exactly know what day it will happen. And as you know, Halloween is coming up and that's holiday and I think a lot of people are going to go out. I don't know. My biggest fear is just things shutting down again. I just don't want things to shut down again. So I really want things to open up. That's all I want. <laughs> so Are you back in the classroom at this point or are you still teaching online? Actually, we've been in the classroom. Like we haven't gone online since it's been almost a year since oh, we've wow. been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been in the classroom. Yeah. Hagwans, the private schools and academies, like they kind of can like have their own rules. Whereas I think public schools are more inclined to follow the government's rules, which are Zoom or um, if you have certain certain amount of employees, then you have to go online. But our the Hagwan that I'm at is quite small. So we don't have that many employees in the building. So therefore we are able to be in class I guess just, nice. it's like basically it's work it's totally normal there's only a few things that are like slightly altered but it basically feels normal to me. <laughs> what I was wondering about um students Haley is dealing with something as big as COVID are you having to teach them other things other than English um for example on a small much smaller scale when I was in Korea we had uh MERS which was a similar kind of scare that that happened but obviously didn't lead to to anything as big as covid so do you have to deal with like misinformation or anything like that with your students that you know you would never think that you would have to deal with that kind of stuff it does it's a little bit of a weird not really a weird situation but yeah i mean we do have to like like kids especially because i teach kindergarten so they're like six years old or five years old and so they want to put their hands everywhere and you don't really want to like call them out as much as you have to now because it's very like any single time a kid puts their hand anywhere we have to say like go wash your hands but then they, they get very embarrassed and very confused and they don't understand like why we have to do this all the time and then it's just like well because of corona and they, but they have come, they've gotten a lot better with it because now they just say it all the time. If I say, go wash your hands, why? Corona, like all the, the kids are like saying back like, COVID. I'm like, oh yeah, you have to teach them like how to wash their hands. They don't really know. They think like, oh, water, okay, done. Like, oh, so there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of things that I would, I feel like, I don't know if it's like miscommunication, but just a lot of things that you're having to communicate that you just wouldn't think that you would need to I guess like yeah that's fair I feel like I just had a lot of awkward middle middle school students that just would come up with some really wild stuff so kind of glad I didn't have to go through COVID with these with the middle schoolers on to maybe a happier topic um Halloween you did mention Halloween is coming I don't know I hated doing Halloween in a hug one it was chaos this is something you enjoy do you have any plans for for Halloween with your students oh my god do I (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, so actually, like, I, I'm the only teacher at my Hagwan who has cleared the entire day for just Halloween activities. And so we'll do like a activity together with all of the whole school for about an hour. And then the rest of the day, we're just going to be doing like 
really fun Halloween things and like no work. That's the whole point. And it's like, I just want one day of no work. Cause I feel bad. Like these students, these little five-year-old kids have so much work to do. Like it's insane. I, they take home like five books of homework and I feel so bad, but it's not my fault. I don't make that happen, but I do feel really bad. So I just want to give, like, let them have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Are you dressing up? Yes, I am going to dress up. I'm actually going to be matching costumes with my cat. I don't know if you've heard of the animation Sailor Moon, but there's two cats. There's a black cat and a white cat. And my cat is white, so she'll be the white cat and I'll be the black cat. <laughs> Genius. Love it. Uh, so last we spoke, you had some really good cafe recommendations. I remember, you know, the Meerkat Cafe. Have you been able to visit any new cafes, restaurants, art galleries or anything? Yes. Um, actually, I just went to this one. It's like a speakeasy kind of thing because the entrance is completely camouflaged. Like you, it just looks like a wall and you have to push this figure into like get in and then you have to like crawl in and like inside it just looks so cool like plants all in the ceiling and there's fish like an aquarium above you and they do all of their food and drinks based off of the chinese zodiac nice. oh and it's called wait let me tell you the name so that way people can actually go to it it's called zu sindong sindong and that's in seoul yeah it's in seoul and I saw uh, you also featured what looked like a rooftop pool yes that was in incheon the Marine Park Hotel. I did a staycation during Chuseok. I only stayed there for like one night because I only went for the pool. <laughs> yeah, so I wanted to go swimming. Yeah, go there, swim, and then leave. It's like a beautiful spot. Yeah, it was really good. And everyone, like the workers there were really nice and like they uh, spoke a little bit of English and I spoke, speak a little bit of broken Korean. So we made, we made it do and uh, we made it work. So how is your Korean coming along? Are you... Do you study or are you just kind of picking it up as you go along? Mm, yeah, well, it's definitely not where I would like it to be. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I was studying. I was taking classes at YBM, which is a really big, well-known academy here. Then I really, really wanted to pay off my student loans, like before all the interest started occurring again. And I just put everything into paying off my loans and then finally paid off all my loans. So I... Um, Really want to start taking Korean classes again. This time, though, I'm going to start the KIPP program, which is like the Korean integration program. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'll be able to take Korean classes for free, but it'll take a while. I think it takes about two years or so. No, well, that's really good. I think uh, I think it's great that you've done some formal studying as well. It took me a long time to get to that point, and it's definitely going to going to help a lot and congratulations on paying off your loans that is fantastic yeah. achievement final question before we let you go today Haley. along the lines of doing things like paying off your your student loans you've now been teaching for a while so we just wanted to get your opinion on what how does someone make the most of doing this job and living the lifestyle that that you do um i think like the biggest thing is i know this probably doesn't sound like a big thing but just do not take your work home with you and do not let your job like take over any part of your life that isn't within your work hours because you are here to travel and to have like enjoy your time and I think a lot of times maybe people can get very sucked into the job and like their work and you know I mean of course everyone wants to do well at what they're doing and you don't come here to feel like you're not doing a good job so I, I get it 
But I also felt like at that same time, I wasn't enjoying the most that I could out of Korea. And yeah, just you're going to work anyway. So no matter where you go. So just don't let that hold you back and just do as much as you can whenever you want to and don't hold yourself back. Perfect. Thank you very much. So Haley, thank you so much for speaking to us again. Always a pleasure. Hopefully we'll catch up again soon in a few more months. Good luck with Halloween. That's all I can say. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You too. You guys have fun too. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. And so, yeah, thanks again to Haley for uh, taking the time to chat with us. Uh, always a great guest. Hopefully, we'll uh, speak to us soon. Before we go today, Rowan, we've got some exciting news from Canadian soccer. I know everybody's stuck around this long to hear all about Canadian soccer. Uh, but I've been excited with uh, the World Cup qualifiers going on the last uh, few months and um, things are really starting to take shape, I guess, in the CONCACAF group with the usual suspects, Mexico and the United States sitting uh, up top, number one and two in the group. But the dark horse may not be your favorite, uh, Costa Rica, but actually Canada which is currently sitting in third in the final automatic qualifying spot for Qatar 2022. And this is significant considering Canada hasn't qualified for a World Cup since 1986, James. It's been since I was a small child that Canada has not been to the World Cup. So it was great to see they were able to leapfrog uh, number four, Panama in a home game in Toronto last month, uh, that was October 13th, where they ended up winning 4-1. They were down 1-0 early, it was a bit nervy, but then uh, Canada got four unanswered with the wonderkind Alfonso Davies nabbing the game winner with his blazing speed, just slipping past the defender, taking the ball off the line, cutting it across the top of the box and firing one low just inside the near post. So uh, that was that was pretty fantastic to, to watch live. Did you get a chance to see that one yet? I must confess, no. But uh, I, I know I'm too obsessed with uh, the Premier League. But now that this, uh, this is gaining momentum, I, I really should uh, pay more attention to, to Canada. I really do hope they make the World Cup. As controversial as it is being in Qatar, um, it's still an amazing achievement. I think that would mean that they would then, if they do qualify, they'd be at two World Cups in a row because they're hosting the next ones. Yeah, quite, quite the, special. The three host World Cup 2026, Mexico, US, Canada. Mostly Mexico, I think, but nice to have some, some matches played uh, up north as well. Kind of speaking of that, I guess, the November 12th and 16th matches are the, the next ones coming up. Uh, when the Americans face Mexico and Jamaica and the Canadians face Costa Rica and Mexico, both in Chile, Edmonton, Alberta, which I think may be a strategic venue choice to kind of shock our Southern opponents into submission. So I want to see how that goes. Mexico, never easy to beat, but I'm curious to see how it will go on the frigid tundra of Edmonton. I love the sportsmanship. Let's <laughs> let's send uh, Mexico and Costa Rica to Alberta, see how they cope. Perhaps they'll how, fall. How are things going uh, for the motherland in their World Cup group? Uh, pretty much smooth sailing. It's going well. I think we're three points clear. We have a couple of easy games coming up. So England look to be cruising. Touch wood, everything will be fine. Yeah, we haven't had any scares or any drama for a few qualifying campaigns now. It's kind of been a, a fixture of this recent England team to just qualify easily and then give us a heart attack on the tournament itself. So fingers crossed all goes well over the next few months. 
Well, got to get yourself on YouTube to watch that Davies goal. And then you'll understand why people are calling him the best left back in the world. I know it's a bold claim, but the fact he can play anywhere on the pitch, you know, whether it's on, on the flank or up top as a striker, it's nice. It's nice to have a player of that caliber playing for your home country. Yes. Uh, I just want to apologize to Andy Robertson uh, if uh, he's listening because he is the best left back in the world. Um, <laughs> but moving on, uh, listener, from uh, that wonderful update, thank you very much for tuning in today to the Teaching Abroad pod slash World Cup qualifying review. Uh, we'll be releasing new episodes every other Wednesday. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to like and subscribe and share it with your friends. Uh, remember, you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher. If you have any great ideas, we'd love to hear them. So send them along in the comments on YouTube or send us an email at uh, teachingabroadpod Failing that, find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter as uh, Oxford Seminars. And that's it for today. Have a great one, and we'll see you soon.